counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply, then you, lovely person, are in the right place. Because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. And if it's your first visit, it's really great to have you here. Very, very warm welcome to you. Now, just to warn you, I'm recording this and I've just been running around trying to get hold of a fly that's buzzing around. And this fly is like Houdini. I can't get it. So if you hear a fly in the background, I'm really sorry about that. Now then, today I'm sharing the last of the Highlights Reel episodes with you, and I just know that you're going to really love this episode. So just to remind you, the Highlights Reels are all about resharing some of the most popular episodes that I've had on the Grow Your Private Practice show. And I've been producing weekly shows now for over a year, and I think that this show, even though I say so myself, has become a great resource for therapists with a wide variety of subjects that I've discussed because we've had episodes about just like so many different things. So we've got all sorts of stuff to do with mindset, to do with self-sabotage, money mindset. We've looked at things to do with social media, both practically and more of the mindset around that. There's been stuff around organization and saving time. There's been stuff about websites, about blogging, directories, niching, and of course, very importantly, self-care. So yeah, we've had lots of different things discussed and we've had some truly amazing guests too. I've been so lucky to get some of these fantastic people here to come and talk to us. Um, I've really been delighted and humbled that they've come and actually spoken on my on my little podcast, which is fantastic. So if you want to grab a little bit of their knowledge and expertise, it might be worth taking a look over the past episodes to see if there's anything there that might really help you. And I think one of the good things about podcasts is it's not something you have to just sit down and listen to. You know, you can be getting on with something in your life. I mean, I I listen to my podcast when I'm out to, out walking with my dog or in the car or even just doing like some housework or some washing up or, you know, something like that. And it's a great way to just to just sort of re-energize some stuff, give you ideas, give you motivation, give you inspiration. And, you know, so. So, yeah, there's lots here that can help you. And if you have been listening to me over the past year, thank you so much. I appreciate you so so much. Thanks for being there. Now, like I say, this is one of the most popular episodes that we had. So I'm sharing it again in case you've missed it. Or if you did listen to it the first time, have another listen because you're bound to get some more stuff from it. So in this episode, I have the marvellous Cat Love, who is sharing the top four mistakes that make your therapist website copy ineffective. Now, Cat Love is somebody that works with therapists. She works with therapists on their copy. She works with therapists on their websites, and she's got lots and lots of experience in this. She runs Empathy Copy, which is a, a kind of an app that helps you do the copy for your website. And just in case you're not sure what copy is, copy just means the words or the text on your website. So basically what you've written. 
So in this podcast, we talk about, well, I have a really nice chat with Kat, actually. She's an amazing person. I know you're going to love her. But some of the things we talked about are how you can stop sounding like everybody else. And I think this is something as counsellors, we can sometimes kind of all merge together. We kind of, you know, there's a tendency to say the same thing. So how can you, how can you, you know, sound a bit different to everybody else? How can you encourage visitors to take the next step without sounding salesy? How can you stop being like Wikipedia for mental health issues? And how can you write with clarity and with warmth? Yeah, so Kat has loads of really great tips about really making connections with potential clients on your website. And we also discuss how important it is for your client that they get a sense of you in order to choose the right counsellor for them. Kat's wonderful. It's an amazing interview. I really enjoyed it. And I think that you're going to enjoy it too. Let me know what you think. Kat, it is really great to have you here. It's lovely to have you here on the podcast. Now, I've known you for quite a long time and you're so knowledgeable about all all sorts of things to do with um, websites, to do with copy and to do with helping therapists. It's kind of, a I know it's a passion of yours. I can't even remember where we met. It was a long time ago. I know that, but you wrote a really brilliant blog for me all about Psychobabble and it was a really popular blog. So anybody listening to this, go to janetravis.co.uk. There's a blog from Catlove uh, all about Psychobabble. So before we get started, for the benefit any of the people that might not know you, could you tell us a little bit more about you, who you are, something about you, yourself? Yeah, of course. First of all, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Um, and in terms of a little bit about me, I started working with therapists on their marketing and websites around five years ago. And in those very early days, I got some really good advice from another um, website designer because that's where I actually started out was with de designing websites. And I met with this other web designer and they were like, you know what, you're going to be really successful in your web design business if you niche, which is great advice. It's actually great advice even for therapists as well. Um, so back then I was thinking and thinking like, okay, who do I want to help? Or like, is there a specific problem that I want to solve? And it came to me pretty quickly, actually, that I felt like therapists were the absolute best group of people to help because I just respected them so much from my own journey of healing from childhood sexual abuse with their help. I just knew so much about their heart and like their willingness to help people. And it just was so, it was such a inspiring thing to be able to say like, yeah, I'm going to help therapists. Um, and then from there over the years, did websites, uh, started doing website copy, and now I'm also doing marketing and business coaching for therapists as well. So yeah, a full, a full, uh, <laughs> suite of ways that I help therapists and I'm really honored to be doing so. It's a fun, it's a fantastic story. I mean, having a niche is obviously a brilliant, brilliant thing to do, but I think when your niche is something that bringing together something that you're passionate about as in the thing that you do and working with people that you feel passionately about. And I, I know this because I do it and it's kind of living the dream, isn't it? Because it's like, it's like, it's that saying, isn't it? If you enjoy what you do, you never work a day in your life. And I feel that I love what I do. And it sounds like you've kind of, you're living the dream as well of working with the people and the things that you most are passionate about. 
Yes. Yes. Totally. Yeah. It's all good, isn't it? It's all good. So today we're going to have a look at some mistakes that we could be making with the copy. If you don't know what copy is, it's the words on your website. So um, we're looking at some of the mistakes we could accidentally be making on the copy on our website. And I'm always, I always love this type of thing because I always fear that I'm doing something accidentally, blaringly, obviously wrong that I don't know about, but everybody else does. So it's really brilliant to sort of talk about some potential mistakes we could be making. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to diving in. (laughs) (laughs) So where do you want to start? Yeah, it was interesting that you actually brought up my article about psychobabble because I do want to actually highlight that as one of the biggest mistakes that therapists make. And it's also interesting because um, my data has shown me that this is something that a lot of therapists are self-aware about. They go, they sit down to write their website, they start writing, and they get very uh, frustrated or disappointed or anxious about how it's turning out. And the words they usually use are, "This is, my copy is full of jargon. Um, it, it feels formal. It feels clinical. It feels cold. And that's not what I want to convey, but it just keeps coming out that way. So I, I think that it's a very interesting mistake because yeah, it's like, you know that you're doing it and then you don't really know how to get out of it. Um, and in some cases you don't even know what to look for because you're so highly trained and you are trained in a way where your brain is thinking in these terms and it's hard to like go back to, you know, like what would a seventh grader yeah. like know about this or how would they feel about it or how would they describe it? Right. Because for you, you know, talking about attachment wounds, is completely like a normal way that you, your brain actually thinks about it. So when you go down to go, go sit down to write, it can be very challenging Mm -hmm. to uh, get those more normal people words out. Yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, at the moment we hear a lot about trauma and we kind of understand what trauma is, but I think for like non-counselling people, trauma that people think of PTSD, they think of returning, people returning from wars or people that have just had a car accident or something. Whereas trauma, as we know, is is a lot more than that. So we would use the word trauma fully understanding what that means. But of course, not everybody does. So yeah, but it's sometimes difficult just finding the words, isn't it? I mean, how how do you go about that? Yeah. So let's actually, I was actually thinking it might be helpful to walk through an example. Okay. So trauma is like a really good one because um, with when, when you're trying to say like, oh, are you struggling with the after effects of trauma? Um, people aren't going to know what that means. So you're definitely going to want to unpack that. Um, but I think another way that it shows up is with even like trying to um, describe maybe even like the benefits or the outcomes of, of what it is you're even doing or how you describe your approach as a therapist. Um, and so one example I wanted to dive into is, um, I found this on a, I think it was on a therapist directory. So like they had a listing in a directory and they said something about how your coping skills will empower you like as a benefit of, of working with them. And this is, something that's tricky because I think, um, unlike the word trauma, where it's very clear that a lot of therapists would know what it means and other people wouldn't something like coping skills is something that it feels to a lot of therapists. Like people would understand what coping skills are, 
but we don't. <laughs> we don't know what what coping skills really mean. And so what you do is if you spot a word like coping skills or a phrase like coping skills in your copy and you realize, okay, this might not be super clear, what you want to do is kind of uh, define it. So one thing that you can actually do is like look it up in a dictionary, but you could also just try to think uh, of yourself. Like if you were really like going back to the seventh grade, uh, you know, the seventh grade student, if a seventh grade student was asking you, Hey, what's, what are coping skills? I don't understand what coping skills are or like why they're beneficial, beneficial for me to have uh, healthy coping skills. Um, if they were asking you that question, how would you describe it? Right. So you might say something like, Oh, uh, coping skills are the things that we do to help us deal with difficult situations. Or, um, it means that you're better able to manage like the tough stuff that comes up in life. Yeah. Right. And so, um, you, it's interesting. Another way of thinking of it is kind of like, you might need to use more words, right. So I think a lot of times we might be writing and be like, oh, but this is the best word because it includes this definition that otherwise would be four sentences long. But in this case of trying to like remove the jargon and remove the psychobabble from your copy, you actually need to use more words um, and just, you know, prioritize which of those words are really uh, the most important ones, of course. But um, that can also be kind of a tricky thing because yeah, you're going into it thinking, oh, I only want to use one word, but in this case, use a couple sentences if it's actually important for you to include on your website. Yeah. So it kind of gives people more of a tangible, uh, a more of a tangible feel of what it is, more about what this does actually mean, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What this means. And another uh, tip here is to also use the types of language that they would use. So like, if you know, like a, a client comes into you for the first session and they're like, I just can't handle all of the, you know, stress in, in the world right now. Right. And so as a therapist, you might be thinking in your mind, oh, they need better coping skills, but for them, they just actually use the exact words that you can use on your website instead of coping skills you, that they want to manage what's going on in the world. Right. And so, um, something that a lot of really respectable copywriters, professional copywriters that I look up to say is they say that copy is never written, it's assembled. And so if you think of it as like collecting little bits of insight into your uh, best fit client's experience and their desires, then it's just a matter of, of kind of collecting those little points of what it is they, they say and what it is they feel and what it is they experience. And then putting that on, reflecting that on on your website. Perfect. And I, I actually, I, I agree with you there. I sometimes say in that first session, in the assessment session or the first session, really be listening for the words that people use to describe what's happening for them. Cause that's kind of golden. Those are the words that people will connect with and attach to in all of your marketing really, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting cause you don't actually, it's like not work. It's just what you're already doing. Like yeah. therapists are so good at listening. They're so empathetic. They're so good at like getting into their clients' shoes and taking on their perspectives. And, um, that is a superpower that therapists already have. Uh, and I think it's just about realizing that that can be, uh, used also in, in your marketing. And you're absolutely right. It's the sort of thing where a lot of other businesses would be, 
would be really envious of the fact that we do often have such a good level of understanding of the sorts of issues that our clients potentially have. You know, when it comes to us trying to um, think about the issues that our clients have or or things like that, we have such an in-depth sort of in, uh, idea of that that other people might not have that same level of in-depth, uh, in that same level of of knowledge. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that marketers in, you know, the non-mental health space actually will read books and do trainings and go to seminars all around the psychology of, you know, doing marketing and sales or the psychology, like understanding the psychology or the, uh, what's going on in, in somebody's mind, you know, when they, uh, you know, might want to purchase a product that they're selling or a service that they're selling, but for therapists, they already have it. Mm. Absolutely. It really is a little secret weapon that I don't think we necessarily know that we have. And we need to utilize it a little bit more so that we can really, we can really connect with those potential clients. Yeah, for sure. Fantastic. So one of the things to think about is uh, a mistake we could be making is accidentally putting um, like counselory words into our, into our copy, into the words that we have sort of anywhere really, but on our website. And I think I see one of the things sometimes do is they'll talk about being like a, a humanistic counsellor or a psychotherapist or a um, psychodynamic counsellor or person-centred. And that can be a little bit confusing and off-putting, can't it, for clients, I think, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. They, I think a website visitor will not necessarily, or most of the time, they will not understand what the different types of trainings are. Um, or like what that means for them. And I think that's really the question, the biggest question that any website visitor has when they're on your website is how can you help me? Right. And so, um, you know, they don't wake up in the middle of the night with anxiety and, you know, feeling frustrated because they're struggling with insomnia on a regular basis and they're not getting enough sleep and it's affecting their you know, ability to show up in their life or their family and at work, you know, they're not in the middle of the night thinking, oh, I really need a person-centered approach right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think, uh, you know, what are they thinking though in that moment? Right. I, I need to talk to somebody, somebody understanding. Yeah. 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 It's a big difference, isn't it? Absolutely. So, we can have a little look over our website, check for some of these psychobabble sort of words, some of these psychobabble phrases, and we can then start thinking about maybe looking in the dictionary or the thesaurus to see if we can find other ways to say the same thing. Yes. And also, you know, using what you know of your clients or starting to pay more attention to those first phone calls, to those first sessions that you have to actually understand the language that they are using instead of what you're jargoning yeah. <laughs> over. Yeah. Brilliant. Perfect. That's a good start. What's another thing that we could maybe have a look at? Um, yeah. So another mistake is um, something actually very common, which is uh, when you have website copy that is trying to help therapists or is trying to help your website visitors diagnose themselves. And what this usually looks like is kind of like um, if you were to go to Google and search 
how do I know if I'm depressed? These are the types of articles that would come up and they're not sales copy. (laughs) They're educational material, um, you know, where, you know, Dr. Google is helping somebody kind of, you know, walk them through the symptoms, you know, like you might not feel if you're, yeah, if you're looking up depression, you might, you know, see a list that says, you know, you're not feeling interested in things. You're not feeling motivated. Um, you're having trouble getting out of bed in the morning or something like that. Right. So, um, these, but these are all like, uh, kind of medicalized symptoms and like a bulleted list. And this is also kind of walking the website visitor through diagnosing themselves. So instead of you saying, I can help you, you're saying, here's the information that you need in order to see if you have depression, <laughs> yeah. which is not the goal of a therapist, a page of a therapist website. Yeah. The goal of a page of a therapist website is to uh, help them understand that, you know, you understand them, that you see them, that there's hope for them and um, that you could be the right fit yeah. for healing, whatever it is that they're struggling with putting them in the, in the spot of having to like research or educate themselves before they reach out to you is not the point of sales copy. And so, um, instead of being like a teacher, you know, like in front of a blackboard being like, here's how, you know, if you have a depression, uh, think of it more as how can I show myself as the solution? Absolutely. And I think the thing that comes for me there is this, um, that it is sales copy. And I think for a lot of counsellors, and it, I think there is a, it's that difference. I know you're not from the USA now, but you're originally from the USA. We do have a different, it is different for us. In the UK, what we have is the NHS. And I think it can still be difficult for counsellors to, it's, it's different to see their practice as a business sometimes because, you know, you're a counsellor because you want to help people and most people don't want to charge to help them if you know what I mean, most people really want to help and they feel a bit awkward about money. So the idea that the stuff that's on the website is sales copy doesn't always sort of fit right for a lot of counsellors. I think it can feel a little bit like, oh, crikey, that feels like, am I being manipulative or am I being, am I being persuasive? Am I going to get people to me in a you know, we have this idea of salespeople being pushy and it's really not that at all, is it? It's, it's the opposite of that because it, it, that it's just about helping people find who's going to help them best, I think, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Nail on the head on that, because I think, um, it's, it is easy to think that, oh, you know, I'm going to be too salesy if I write sales copy. And I think that's a valid response because there are so many instances in our society where there are, you know, sleazy, pushy, manipulative sales tactics going on. But most therapists that I talk to are very, very much in the camp of like, I want to help everyone find the best fit for them. You know, like I have so many therapists who are like, you know, have these long lists of referral, uh, sources, right? Like they're like, okay, I'm a good fit for people that are, you know, relationships, um, and couples and marriage counseling, but I'm not a good fit for trauma. And so then they'll have like a referral, like list, like literally like they're doing all of this work 
behind the scenes that is the opposite of of that sleazy salesperson thing and it and it still for some reason doesn't convince therapists that they are not being salesy <laughs> at the end of the day and i understand it but i'm also like oh like i wish you could yeah i wish all therapists would know that sales copy is the most compassionate way of helping everyone in the world find the right fit help for them absolutely i mean the way i, I the way i've talked about it's somewhere i can't remember where but i've there's no point a counsellor trying to persuade or manipulate because all you get then is somebody sitting in the counselling. I have this vision of somebody sitting in the counselling room with their arms folded going, go on then, counsel me. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just not going to work, is it? It just isn't going to work. So it's completely, you know, it's um, really counterintuitive. You don't want to persuade people. You just want to let people know that I'm the right person for you. It's Yes. It feels so much easier, doesn't it? It feels so much more comfortable. Yes. So, yeah, I suppose what you're saying is that the website isn't a place for people to come for information or teaching or learning so much. Well, they might do in blogs a little bit, but that's not the point of arriving on your website. On your website, you're there to try to help them to feel comfortable and that you're the right person for them. Yes, exactly. To, to, to determine if you are the right fit for them. Yeah. Right. So, and you can't do that by just being like a Wikipedia. <laughs> um, although you did mention that the blog might be a place for educational content and that is true. Yeah. So a blog is a perfect place to do your educational posts. If you want to help educate people, inspire them, entertain them, these, those types of content can certainly go into a blog. And I, I love blogging and content marketing, um, but that's the place for that. Yeah. And on your sales pages, you need to be doing sales. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So for some people, it's about getting in the head around the fact that it is a sales thing and that that's okay. It's, yes. like, it's really okay. Cool. Perfect. Oh, well, that's great. So we're going to get rid of the psychobabble. We're going to get rid of the Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else could there be? What else, what other sort of things might there be that, that could be sort of putting people off a little bit? Yeah. This next one is an interesting one because I think if a therapist does the work to really understand, you know, okay, I'm not going to have psychobabble. It's not going to be like a definition of, you know, what these issues are. I'm not going to educate. I'm going to really do my sales copy correctly. Um, I've actually seen cases where you, you can check all of the boxes of what sales copy is going to look out at like, but you can still miss highlighting yourself. God, yeah. So it's almost like, right, you've got one of those courses or you've got one of those freebies and it'll be like a fill in the blanks thing, just fill in the blanks of these things and it's just going to be perfect. It completely bypasses the fact that they have to give their personality. God, that's so, yeah. Yeah. And I, everyone is very unique. Like every therapist is very unique. And when you aren't highlighting who you uniquely are, how you uniquely show up, your unique approach, your beliefs, your values, your vision, your why, you know, why you're passionate about what you do. All of these things help make you a human, but it also helps you attract 
the clients who are truly a, the best fit for you, right? So every client has different needs in what they want in a therapist. You know, some are, you know, oh, I'm struggling with being motivated. So I need a therapist who's really like excited and like kind of more like motivational. Um, I've had people over the years since I do so much work with therapy, I'm kind of like the go-to person that everybody uh, talks to when they want to find a therapist. So I have some like interesting insight into this. And I feel like um, it was interesting. One person came to me and they were like, you know, I need someone who's, who's not going to like bullshit me. Like I need somebody who's not going to like, you know, soften things up and like, you know, make them more like, like I want someone who's just going to give it, give me the real deal, you know, tell yeah. me what's really going on. Right. But for others, they, for other people, you can imagine that that would be too strong for them, right? Like they might want a little bit more of like that nurturing, warm kind of holding space that feels a little bit more comfortable. Um, and so it's like, that's so fascinating to me. And on the website copy side, it feels like a lot of therapists are missing expressing exactly those things that, that people are really seeking on that relationship yeah. level. Cause it's a relationship that they're about to enter into. Um, and therapists are kind of withholding of that in some cases, I mean, perhaps not consciously, but I really want to encourage, you know, against making this mistake and really, uh, encourage therapists to show up mm -hmm. and, uh, infuse who they are into, into their website copy. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. That's, that's brilliantly put. I mean, I think one of the things is that as a counselor, you're taught in all of your training, about personal disclosure and you talk that you shouldn't personally you know you shouldn't share and disclose anything about yourself in the counseling room and I completely agree with that but we don't have to say something about ourselves to let people see who we are you know we can choose the, the words that we choose the style that we choose like you say whether you're somebody who's quite you know whether you said whether you're quite a hard-hitting sort of I'd just say it how it is, or whether you're somebody who, like you say, is a lot more nurturing, or whether you've got whether you use humor, or whether that would be completely wrong for somebody, because they would be like, well, this this doesn't seem serious enough. I think it's just about being able to feel comfortable enough with that. Because it it's sometimes something we're taught we shouldn't do. Yes. I think I think there's kind of uh two things that I've witnessed in therapists, um, around this, uh, you know, idea of self-disclosure or showing up uniquely as who you are. Um, and I think one of it is definitely the training. So it's like the, what you're saying, the influence of like, okay, you, you can't, you know, put too much of yourself out there and it'll like disrupt the therapeutic alliance or something like that. Right. But the other thing that sh shows up, I think for a lot of therapists is that it's more vulnerable. So if you open up and you really put who you are out there and then no one shows up or people, you know, might, might make fun of you or, you know, think like, oh, who's this, you know, person who's talking about, you know, that they believe in Black Lives Matter. Um, like what right do they have to bring that up on their therapist website? Right. So it's like, there's all of this, the, there is a vulnerability yeah. in in showing up and being seen. And that can also hold a lot of therapists back from putting themselves out there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I've, I wonder as well, if there's something about what maybe a perfect therapist looks like and trying yeah. to sort of 
to put, put us, we sometimes put, one thing I know about, about counsellors is we do tend to put ourselves under pressure to be the best they can be, but also sometimes perfect, which of course we can't be. And I sometimes wonder if there's this um, ideal, this idealised therapist that they have in their mind that they feel they've got to be like that, but they just have to be themselves because they're already absolutely perfect for, you know, all the right people that will get on with that, will get the most benefit by being with them. Because as we know, the therapeutic alliance is one of the most important things. And we have to be real for that to happen. You know, we can't, we can't fake that. We can't hide it. That It's about a real, a real relationship, isn't it? So if we can get that started in the copy that we have on our website, then that means before they even come to the assessment session, they've probably decided that you actually you are the person that they want to see and that they are going to go ahead with it because they've already made that connection. They've already started with that therapeutic relationship through the copy that you've shared on your website and in other things as well. So it, 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 it kind of increases that therapeutic relationship, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, I think there's such a missed opportunity with starting your therapeutic alliance in your marketing, like how you show up in all, like, this is like beyond just what you're writing, the words that you're writing on your sales pages. This is like, you know, what are you doing in your content? How are you building relationships with referrals? You know, um, what kinds of speaking events or workshops are you holding? Like all of these um, are opportunities for you to almost start, it's like an, an extension of the way that you care in the world. And I think if a therapist really understood that in their minds and in their hearts, it would really revolutionize the way that they show up. Absolutely. Take that leap of faith and allow yourself to just be whoever you are, whatever sort of person you are, just, just let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. It takes courage. It, takes it courage. does. It really does. Especially when you think to yourself, oh, I'm online, everybody can see this. There's almost mm. a feeling like the world can see, but it really isn't going to be that many people that see, is it? <laughs> Especially when you're starting out, you know, you think everybody can see what I've done. It's like, no, your mum has seen it, your grandma's seen it, your friend's seen it. So to start with, you know, it's um, by the time you've found your voice properly, more people will see it anyway. So you'll be more comfortable, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually... When I started doing uh, website design for therapists, it was really important for me to express why I was doing for therapists specifically. And as I mentioned earlier, it's because I am a sexual abuse survivor and I had a lot of help from therapists in healing from that. And um, I remember when I first wrote for the first time on my website's about page, that story and it was, it's not like I'm, you know, going into gory details or anything. It was just more of like, I'm a sexual abuse survivor. Just even that sentence was a very vulnerable thing for me to put out there. And so I just want to also encourage that, like as vulnerable as it might feel, there was also empowerment and healing that came out of me doing that, that I don't think I would have experienced in with any other action in my life that I could possibly take. Like there's some, there's some unique healing that can come out of being seen and like not having anything bad happen and having a lot of even positive, like I've had other sexual abuse survivors reach out to me. I've had therapists tell me, you know, like how much 
it means to them that, you know, a, a survivor is kind of being so visible and, and talking so openly about being a survivor. So, and it's like all of this stuff wouldn't have happened if I hadn't had that courage to share the, the why in the first place. So yeah, the, another benefit there besides like the marketing side of it, yeah. it's like almost like a personal, a personal healing, uh, yeah. that is, is, uh, an opportunity for you. When, when you own it, it takes away the shame, I think, you know, yes. it's like no longer am I going to be shameful of this. I'm not going to hide it away. This is a thing that happened to me. And now it's turned, it's helping me to, you know, to, in your case, help counsellors. Yeah. It's really empowering when you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. It is. It's just so important to allow yourself to be who you are. You've got, you've got to practice it, I think, haven't you? You've yeah. got to just get used to finding your voice and that can take a little bit of time. Yeah. And as you said, it does slowly build yeah. over time as well and you get more used to it and you get more confident in it. But I think, uh, I just really feel for that first step, you know, like I can still feel it in my body. If I think about it, like how nerve, how, how nervous I was and how scared I was. And, um, I had a similar feeling when I first, when I wrote my first blog post ever, uh, many, many years ago. I remember pushing the publish button and I was just like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? But you know, it's, those are uh, courageous steps that led to uh, amazing, amazing life uh, results and career results too. So, I mean, I I talk about it. uh, I talk about being in business as being a really good opportunity for personal development and personal growth you know, forget about the business growing. You will grow if you allow yourself to, if you're curious and let it happen. And when you're hit with your fears, which you will be because we're all riddled with them, aren't we? When a fear hits you, it's an opportunity to rather than say, I can't do this, to go, how can I do this? What's this about? What do I need to do? How can I make this work for me? And I think that's one of the things I love about being in business. It's I've grown so much as a person and I've put a lot of my own demons to bed, still living with quite a few of them, but you know, it's, it's a progress, you know, you're never perfect. You're never finished. Are you? Yes. No, I love that. I've I've definitely had that experience myself. And I I can also say I've like been a witness to a lot of therapists having that experience as well. Like the personal, the personal growth through the business development yeah process yeah, yeah it's extremely interesting I love it I love it it's all the mindset stuff being a counselor I love the mindset stuff so so <laughs> so what would you <laughs> what would we, we're looking at four things so we've done three what would be the last thing that you'd recommend people to um, check out and see if it's a mistake they're making yeah so the last mistake that I want to discuss today is that your copy isn't inviting visitors to take the next step. And in marketing speak or website strategy uh, language, (laughs) the term we use for that is called a call to action. And what, what that basically means is that you're asking your website visitor to take the next logical step towards getting your services. For many therapists, it's like a free consultation call. So it might look like something like saying, oh, um, if you'd like to start discovering how you can start feeling better, reach out for your free 15-minute consultation call. Um, Here's a link to my scheduler. So something like that, Um, but it doesn't have to be a free call. It could also be a free, or it could be a first 
appointment as well. I know some therapists have that as kind of their process of getting, getting clients in, in the door. Um, so it could be a free, you know, it could be a free call. It could be a first appointment. It could be some other intermediate, like first step. Like if you have a, a special intake session, you can offer that, but whatever that step is, that step needs to be on every page of your website and it needs to be very prominent and persistent. And I think uh, a lot of therapists uh, miss doing this. They think, oh, I just want to, you know, tell them, okay, yeah, uh, I understand what depression is like and here are the benefits of working with me, period. Yeah. And it's like, okay, wait, you're leaving them hanging yeah. in a moment where we know that people that are looking for therapy services aren't operating at their cognitive best. They don't have necessarily, you know, the, the strength to dig through your website to find out what the next step is. And why should they, when you know exactly what that next step is and you can guide them every step along that path. Yeah. Cause if somebody's got onto your website, if we've got somebody onto our website, hooray, and then they've read every part of that web page. So they're serious, aren't they? At this point, they're reading that. They've got to the end of it. They're serious. So they really need to have something that tells them where to go. Because I know what I'm like. If it's not right in front of me, I click away. Or I think, oh, I'll do that later. I'll just do this other thing first. I'll just check that other thing out. And by the time I've checked something else out, nine times out of 10, I've forgotten what the website name was. You know, I can't find it again. So let's not lose those people after all that hard work. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's also um, something that can position you as the expert as well, right? So if you're offering a service, you are the expert at that service. And this is kind of an extension of that. Like the person who wants your service shouldn't have to imagine what is going to happen next or how to reach out to you or what that process looks like. And in fact, a lot of these, in the case of attracting uh, therapy clients, these sorts of things can also be objections or barriers that they might have to reaching out to therapists. They might feel like, oh, what if I call them and they don't answer the phone? Or like, I don't know, like there's some um, nervousness about like what that process looks like or what's going to happen next. Or like, you know, if I send them an email, are they going to reply to me or what should I expect? Like not knowing what to expect will keep people from taking action. Yeah. So if you just anticipate that, especially if you, again, go into this exercise of being empathetic and being like, okay, what kinds of questions would they have about the process ahead? Should they decide that I'm the right fit for them? You can anticipate what these kinds of questions are going to be, and you can just answer all of them on your website. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's like the most compassionate thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the more we can take any, every single barrier down and make it really, really easy. Cause of course people, people that want to access counseling, if certainly if they've never been before, well, I remember what I was like when I first accessed counseling and I still like it. I've only just started with a new counselor, still feel it every time I start with a new counselor, I feel terrified. Yeah. I feel terrified. Cause it's like, Oh my God, I've got to go and be vulnerable and honest about everything yeah. I'm thinking and feeling and I've done and those embarrassing things and the bad things and all of that. And it's like, <laughs> what's this person going to think of me? And it's, it's scary. It's really scary. And I remember the first yeah. time I went, in fact, I've talked recently about a friend of mine 
and as a counsellor I'd said oh maybe you could get a little bit of counselling that might help you with this issue that he had and he looked for a counsellor and looked on their website and it took him a year to get round to actually make an appointment it took him that long to go from thinking he needed some help to actually making that step so the more we can take away any barriers that make them able to pick the phone up and contact you sooner rather than have another year of struggling the better if, if in my opinion i think yeah another thing that i just thought of as you were talking too is it's almost like um you're being a good role model in a way when you are making sure that you help guide them because it's like you are taking you're taking on that kind of the weight of that vulnerable relationship that's about to to yeah. go on right so it's like you're taking on that responsibility so they don't have to yeah and so it kind of it would i can imagine how much of a relief it would be yeah for anyone to land on your website and just feel like they they know where they are they know where they're going yeah. you know it's not confusing or disorienting at all it's it's exactly the opposite and i think that's what helps people act it's like somebody's taken their hand and they're going right okay let me hold your hand and I'll just show you what's likely to happen. And um, in fact, I did, a, I did a workshop last week called Let's Blog and I gave people the choice of two different topics to talk about. And one thing was what happens in the first session of counselling because it's that whole let's take their hand and say, right, talk through it, what's actually going to happen. And I think it helps you to have that sort of in your mind's eye. And I think that's why as well, it's really important to make sure that you've got a photo of yourself on there and all of those things. It takes away that barrier as well, doesn't it? But yeah. Yeah. And I yeah, do that. I'm a if, huge fan. If I go somewhere new, I've always, I'm always a little bit worried about things like, where am I going to park? What money do I need? Cause I always like to be on time. So just reassuring with all of those things as well just putting it all out there taking away any questions put thinking in advance what question might they have and just answering it it just it helps to put them an already anxious person helps to put their mind at rest doesn't it yes yeah exactly could a call to action be read a blog or would you tend to have a call to action unless it's you know if it's if it's on a website page if it was on the home page or about page would you always have it as contact me yeah, so that's a great question because I think there are a lot of ways to be to make a website kind of confusing with calls to action. So um, the ideal in that ideal scenario, you would have one call to action and that's it. And it would be the priority call to action that aligns the most with your business's goals. Um, and so every private practice is a little, can be a little bit different. The most common goal of most private practices, and that is what their website is supporting is the goal of getting more clients. And so in that case, you wouldn't want to necessarily highlight like, oh, go to my blog first, um, because the most, uh, direct path that a website visitor would have towards becoming your client will be through your sales material. And so you would want to encourage other journeys throughout your sales content. So like from a homepage, for instance, you might say, okay, uh, a website visitor might want to get to know me, or they might want to, you know, if they're struggling with anxiety, read my anxiety service page so that they can understand how I help with anxiety. 
Um, and um, so those are two possibilities and you could link to both of them from the homepage. And then also you can also have a call to action on the homepage that is, you know, your first step, like get a free consultation or schedule your first appointment as well. And that's just because the homepage is a little bit of an interesting page and in that it's like a place where people, the purpose of that page is for, for a visitor to quickly understand that they're in the right place for the type of help that they need. And then to answer, answer their question quickly. And every website visitor has different questions. Some of them are more concerned about who the therapist is, or they're more concerned about the service, or they're more concerned about, you know, other, other aspects perhaps, but on the actual a sales page that you might have, let's say for the anxiety treatment that you offer, that page really would want to have that, you know, reach out or contact me or, uh, or I mean, contact me for a free consultation or, mm -hmm. or schedule your first uh, session. Also, usually I, I would shy away from recommending just a, a generic contact me. That's usually very vague. Yeah, Cause you don't know what <laughs> to say. What am I going to say yeah. when I contact you? Yeah. Yeah. So you want to say like, what, what is the contacting me for, or what is it going to result in, or what benefit is that going to, you know, get, get for me? Um, again, like just taking down that, that anxiety around what, what the next steps are and not having uh, website visitors have to kind of conjure up in their head, what it could be um, just like answering that in yeah. advance for them. Yeah. It, that's brilliant. It's brilliant because um, I think as well, because as, as counsellors, we want to help people. We can keep helping people without actually getting around to saying, hey, do you want to book an appointment? Let's really, let's get serious with this now. Are you ready to take that action? So I think we sometimes need to, again, be a little bit brave and be okay saying, right, okay, if you really want to get started, contact me rather than go and check out my blog. Let's do it. Let's get started. Yeah. You're saying like, perhaps therapists might be like almost timid to suggest that I'm the solution. Like I'm yes. actually the thing that can help you more than a blog post. Yeah. So just come on in. Yeah. No, I think that's definitely true. Um, I think from like a, as a digital strategist, um, I would say though, that the blog is more of a way of an entry into your world than it is a destination, right? Yeah. So if somebody's already on your website homepage, you wouldn't want to send them back to the, to the entrance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Perfect. Well, that's been fantastic, Kat. So we've looked at beware of having psychobabble on your website. We've looked at, um, don't be Wikipedia on your website. <laughs> we've looked at having the courage to allow your personality to show, because that's not personal disclosure. That's just having a personality. It's being a person. It's being human. And we've looked at helping people to know what's the next step to take and finding a little bit of courage to do that. I think that's going to really help a lot of people because we're counsellors. We're not website people. So I think that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Really, that was fantastic. I hope that was okay for you. Now then, I'd love to know where people can find you, but I'd love it if you could just share a little bit about your service. I know you've got several services, but you've got a service called Empathy Copy. Could you tell us a little bit more about what that is? 
Yeah. Yeah. First of all, this has been super fun. <laughs> so thank you again for having me. Um, in terms of uh, my copywriting service, um, it's something I'm super excited about. I just launched version two of Empathy Copy this year. And what it is, is it's a set of forms where you answer simple questions and um, you push a button and we generate a page of your website copy for you. And I think what it's, what I feel like it's been most successful at is helping therapists get unstuck with, with writing. Um, what I like to say is that your results will be like a 90, 95% of the way there. You'll go back and edit them, yeah. but it helps you not just start from a blank page where you have no idea where to start, or you're not sure how much to include or what not to include, um, or you're trying to write something and it sounds like psychobabble. Um, so it really helps overcome all of these blocks that a lot of therapists have. And that's been the most fulfilling thing for me to see is getting these emails from therapists that have used it with success. And they're just saying, wow, like I was struggling for six months trying to write something and I just got stuck in this perfectionism and, you know, editing and re-editing stuff. And then, the, then I sat down and used empathy copy and I had a page done in 20 minutes. Um, and so like, that's been really, you know, just so aligned with, with my mission of, of helping therapists and yeah, it I love sounds- it. It sounds amazing. I know what you mean. It's it's really daunting, isn't it? Thinking, right, I've got to, I've got to write this this copy. I've got to write this sales page. I've got to write this website, and I don't know what to write. I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to. Um, I want to share who I am, but I don't really know how. And then you've got perfectionism, which is rife. It's absolutely rife, isn't it? I mean, I know. I think we all get it, really, don't we? So yeah, I think it's a fantastic service, a really fantastic service. So if anybody wants to find out about that, how can they find that? Yeah. So Empathy Copy has its own website, empathycopy.com. Um, and in terms of finding out more about what I'm up to just generally as a person in the therapist helping space, I also have my own website, catlove.com. So you can see all the types of things that I'm up to. Brilliant. And Kat does have some fantastic blogs to read as well, all about all sorts of things, but majority about websites and copy and that that kind of thing. Well, lots of things really. So yeah. Oh, Kat, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for um, finding some time to come and talk to me, to come and talk to us. It's always lovely to talk to you. Hopefully you'll come on again sometime. Um, We'll have a chat about something else. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But thank you so much and I shall see you soon. Thank you so much. See, I told you that she's brilliant, didn't I? So I'll share with you some links below of how you can contact Kat, how you can connect with her on social media and how you can check out all of her blogs and information that she has. Now, you might also be interested in episode three of this podcast where I've got a podcast called Drop the Psychobabble, Get More Clients. So you might want to have a little listen to that. And also episode 15, I talk about what to include on your FAQ page. And um, you might find that interesting as well. Okay, so that's it for this week. I've really enjoyed talking to Kat and I hope that you've enjoyed it too. Now, the best places to find me are either Instagram, have a look for Grow Your Private Practice, all lowercase, no spaces, or LinkedIn, where you just search for Jane Travis and you'll find me. 
come along and say hi. I'd love to connect with you. So have a really fantastic week and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed this then please subscribe to the show and while you're there I'd love it if you could leave me a big shiny five-star review bye